Hello, and before we start this episode of the podcast, I would just like to say a quick disclaimer. When we initially recorded this, we recorded it under the name Pass the Remote, but our name of the podcast has been changed to Couch Potato Critics. So anytime that we mention the first name, that is not the correct name. This is the Couch Potato Critics podcast. Please enjoy the following episode. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Remote Controlled. Wait. No! Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the very first episode of Pass the Remote. I'm Shirley Snyder. Carly Marsilio. Miriam Rigg. And today we are going to be discussing the movie Nightmare Before Christmas. Isn't it technically the Nightmare Before Christmas? The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's technically Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. So our podcast is going to be weekly episodes of us just talking about movies as a group of friends. So we're going to pick a movie once a week and then watch it and come back and discuss our thoughts, our research, what we think this movie did well, what we think this movie could approve on, and just the general story of that movie. Um, And maybe at the end we could do like a review. Yeah, and uh, every week we're going to... Every, one of us is going to pick the movie. So this week, this movie was chosen by our Shirley over here. Thank you. Um, and then, so yeah. So Shirley, do you want to begin? Since when did you first see this movie? Since I think you're the one who's been the huge fan of it. Yeah. So I've actually been a fan of this movie ever since I was a little kid. I don't remember when I very first saw it, but I remember I had this little like iPod touch it was so old it didn't even have a camera and one of the only movies I had on it was Nightmare Before Christmas and I would watch it all the time every single time I was in the car I would watch it I would listen to the music and I was just obsessed with it wait I mean I might sound stupid here but I don't know what an iPod touch looks like like how big is it (laughs) I've never had an iPod touch so how do you watch it on there no 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 this one was the size of like an iPhone 4 it was like That's still pretty small. <laughs> I was small too. I was a tiny kid. Like I was, I was little. Um, but I've like known all of the songs ever since I was little. I've and I first watched this movie today. So this is gonna be a, a, an experience with nostalgia with an iPod Touch and versus someone yeah. new. Yeah, I've no, I've known the songs. I, I like when I was watching it, and I was like, wait. This is Halloween is from this movie. <laughs> I had no clue that, like, all these songs were from <laughs> this movie. I, like, because uh, I guess they're, like, Halloween classics or whatever. Or Christmas, if you spin it a certain way. I don't remember how old I was or when this was specifically, but it's, there's a lot of context that has to be behind it, that goes behind it, but <laughs> <laughs> I was being babysat by this really weird family and that's where I saw it for the first time um I don't know if you guys want me to get into it because it might be a little bit of a tangent but <laughs> go, <laughs> go on, on. Yeah. <laughs> well I guess just for context um I was in like first maybe second grade I think it was second grade and this kid who was like part of the family that was babysitting me like that's how we knew each other uh, <laughs> He had gotten expelled from the school as a second grader because he threw a desk at a teacher. And okay, so a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> a bit of a bad boy, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they used to babysit me, and that's the first time I saw that movie. So I was not comfortable in that house. 
I wouldn't have been either, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but at least you, like, I mean, in my opinion, at least you got something good out of it. Because this is, I feel like this is a <laughs> banger of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Shirley. No, this well, is we one all know of my it's Shirley Sands already. Okay, wait, I have a question for you guys. So I feel like this is a debate that a lot of people have when it's, like, in November, right? In between Halloween and Christmas, a lot of people ask, is this movie a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Personally, I think it's a Halloween movie just because when you watch it, you see a lot of darker colors, except for the brief time when they're in Christmas Town. But it's really more on the spooky side, and it really does fall, fall under Tim Burton and his, you know, spooky self. So what do you think? Well, I think that it's... First off, it's definitely a Halloween movie because it, like, the main plot takes place at Halloween Town. Also, a great movie. Shout out to Halloween Town. Um, but also, the director, when I was doing research for this, the director himself has said that this is a Halloween movie. So, I definitely think it falls on that end. Although, it is definitely a movie that you could probably watch, like, either time. I feel like I'm the only one who disagrees here. Really? <laughs> wow. I wouldn't say it's a Christmas movie, but normally what I do is I watch it specifically in November, just because it's... So you're right in the middle. Yeah, because I know that it's technically both, so I watch it in the middle. This year was probably the only year where I haven't, just because I had to watch it, because somebody picked it. <laughs> we wouldn't have this discussion, we wouldn't be having this discussion if it wasn't for us watching this movie in October. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty much split. Like, a lot of it takes place in Halloween Town, but you have the premise of someone, Jack Skellington specifically, um, trying to become Santa Claus. So that also brings a lot of the Christmas aspect in. So I feel like there's a lot of both. Yeah, so for those who haven't seen it, which I don't know why you're listening to this, because whatever, before I go through. <laughs> so the film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween's town beloved Pumpkin King, who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in the real world. When Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colors, warm spirits, he gets a new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Santa Claus and taking over the role, but Jack soon discovers even the best laid plan of mice and skeleton men can always go seriously awry. I didn't write that. I think that's probably Wikipedia. That's a, but it's like a unique font on here. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, that's a pretty yeah. good, like synopsis yeah well it's like a unique font but compared I mean, like, to at this the rest point, who hasn't seen a nightmare <laughs> me well as of well, today that, i have that's weird. yeah um <laughs> if anyone cares it has a 95 percent on rotten tomato it's very hard yeah. to please rotten tomatoes yeah and and i have to say that that's not the score i would give it <laughs> but we'll give it to the wait till the end for me to reveal that so it was directed by henry selick and written by Tim Burton, it was released with Touchstone Pictures, which was um, under Disney. And it was Touchstone had a bunch of Disney. If they thought the film was too uh, like inappropriate for kids, or you know, for this movie, uh, Disney thought it was too scary to release um, under their own, so they released it under Touchstone Pictures. Um, yeah. So, do you think this film was that scary to be released under Touchstone Pictures? Because I did not think it was that scary or spooky for a, you know, anyone over the age of five to see. So, as someone who saw it, like, as a child, I don't think I was ever scared of it. But I can see how it would be scary just because 
there's something so claymation i think is a beautiful form of animation but there's something about like claymation claymation can be very freaky if done in the right way so i think that these characters especially like the opening um well not the opening but when like the second song this is halloween when they're you know going like under the bed and there's like the red eyes and you're meeting all of the spooky characters i can see how that would be scary for someone really little but i also think that a lot of disney movies can go to dark places like think of the lion king when mufasa dies that's not necessarily like spooky in like a halloween sense but it definitely is scary especially for a kid so i'm kind of I see where they were coming from, but I also could see the argument of it didn't have to be released under something else. Yeah, well, first off, I, as someone who, I'll say, I didn't find it that scary, but also I'm not five years old. But um, Henry Selleck also did Coraline, which I probably watched when I was eight years old, and it scared the freaking oh shit out of me. It, like, Do you not like I Coraline? have a specific memory of Coraline. I, I, I love no, Coraline. I, I haven't seen it since then, and we got them, like, I don't, I feel like, I think my aunt got it for us, and it was, like, some weird, like, 3D version. Oh, no. So, I don't even know how you can watch 3D at home. Well, yeah, and also, I watched, we have, I also watched Beetlejuice probably around the same time, which is, you know, Tim Burton, and that also scared the shit out of me, so... But that's probably a bit more dark that than, yeah. definitely more yeah. for adults or teenagers. Oh, my God. And James and the Giant Peach also used to scare me. All of these that are, like, done by them used to scare the shit out of me. So I guess there's reason behind why it was released under Touchstone. Anyway, moving on. So I think maybe a huge part of this uh, movie is the music. As Shirley stated from her iPod Touch. <laughs> this one song I really like, is, which I did not know was from us, was This is Halloween. That that really got me <laughs> bopping along. I feel like that's everyone's favorite or yeah. go-to. Oh, but but um, I have to say, I do currently have What's This in my head. That <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... I love your performance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just wait till we get to like one of the, we were talking about musicals before this, so wait till we get to one of the musical picks oh God. made. Um and Miriam we'll have quite a performance here done by me. Um so yeah, speaking of what's this? It's that and the finale to the movie. The only ones that um are in major key which you know because major is associated with happy songs minor with sad scary songs so definitely somewhere from from there um including the yeah i won't get too musical because i know nothing about this but i looked it up so that's why i'm stating it right now so i don't know i i didn't actually say what my favorite song is um my favorite song it actually has changed over the years but right now I am a major like, fan of this movie. I'm like a diehard, um, you know. Wait, like, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know those like adults that have the Jack Skellington tattoos <laughs> and they're always dressing. <laughs> is that gonna be you? Like, or is that the equivalent of a Disney adult? Like, <laughs> no, it's not gonna be me. It's not gonna be me. But as you guys will see in this podcast, I am a huge fan of Disney. I 
like I do see flaws with the company itself, but I love oh, yes, like Disney <laughs> and and the actual guy. Um, but I love. But I love. Actually, an anti-Semitic. No, no. He might have been a Nazi, but no, I, I don't. I do kind of believe in the conspiracy theory that he's under the park, though. But (laughs) that's a different. Yeah. Well, no, I'm kind of kidding. But you guys will get to learn that I um, am a like a major Disney fan. But anyways, my favorite song from this is "Kidnap." Is it Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus or Kidnap the Sandy Claus? They call him something weird. They don't actually call him Santa. It's It's the Sandy Claus. I really actually Um, really like those three. And um, we might have to Google this to double check, but I think one of them is voiced by Catherine O'Hara, who was also in Beetlejuice and also just in the theme. Oh, is she the mom in Beetlejuice? Um, uh, yeah, oh, she yeah, is the mom in Beetlejuice. She's the mom from Home Alone. Yes, people. she's the mom from Home Alone. <laughs> um, and so that's where I was going next. I was going to say, like, as a, you know, well, if she, you believe that this movie falls under a Christmas movie, you may be happy because a Christmas movie classic, uh, Catherine well, O'Hara, is also But the fact that she was in, in Home movie. Alone and Beetlejuice uh, supports my fact that I think it's in the middle. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, yeah, I will... Forgive me, but I don't know the name of the three little kids. But she, we should have dressed up. Well, she's well, she's uh, we should have. Well, she yeah. (laughs) She's she's Sally. Uh, I guess if one of them, I I guess one of them's name is Shock. Maybe I don't know. Is it like Shock? Like something? No, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, Yeah, Shock Lock, and I don't know whatever the third one is. He wasn't important enough to me. Listed on Google, the devil. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's no, shock. he dresses up as the devil. I, I know, but he's, sh- yeah, he's Shocklock and the devil. Really rolls yeah. off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I have to tell you, I stand Shock the Witch. I loved her, so. Just, I, just to point that out. Yeah, they were, I really... Um, I have to say, I really did like the... The... San, the San, what's the, don't make fun of me! The uh, Santa Claus... I also love the way that they pronounce words in this, like, <laughs> kind of, like, in a unique... I can't think of, like, a word, but, like, Santa Claus. Like, the yeah, way that they... Yeah, he actually had, had claws, claws yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, that's a good... That's like, a good, you don't yeah. have claws. <laughs> One thing I like about this is that, like, it's... Except for when they leave Halloween Town, everything in Halloween Town, like, fits perfectly. Like, for instance, when Jack is missing, one of the vampires, I believe, says that, like, he went, like tramping through the pumpkin patch and I think it's so cute to imagine that like this town actually has a big pumpkin patch like big enough for someone to go missing in and also um like I was gonna say something you're trying to say you want to live in Halloween town I don't want to live in Halloween town <laughs> I want to live in the Halloween town that was shown to me on Disney channel thank you very much that's I want the <laughs> wrong Disney movie. channel original movie wrong movie Miriam Oh, wait, but I was going off of what you said about their pronunciation. I think everything in Halloween Town kind of fits together. So I think their pronunciation is almost like maybe they have like a Halloween Town accent almost, which makes everything sound kind of spooky. I'm not going to attempt my Boston accent here. Oh, no, you should. Now that you said that, are are the people from Halloween Town Boston, Bostonians? I can do a a Minnesota accent. I can do a you betcha. Imagine if in Halloween Town, like, they had, like, a diner and the waitresses were all like, what you want, hon? Like, that's what they sounded like. They're just, they're dead. 
What is okay? Wait, I have a question. It's kind of off from what we've been talking about. But what is everyone's favorite like minor character? So not like Sally or Jack. Well, I just said or, it's it's. The, it's Shock, the little witch. Okay, yours is Shock. What is yours? Probably the scientist, just because I love whenever you see him, like, flip open his head. I know. Like, Like, I just love that. What is up with that guy? I don't know. Yeah, and also, well, because he's he's supposed to be, like, Victor Frankenstein, right? Because I think so. Well, yeah, because his side... Yeah, he's just, like, the stereotypical mad scientist. But also, I think so, because his sidekick's name is Igor, which is Frankenstein. Yeah, and then he created Sally, like, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. My favorite is, well, I don't know if it's a minor character, but my favorite is um, the mayor. Oh, because with his face? Because the the thing that he does with his face, like, I don't know if they ever made it, but I would love, like, a little action figure of him that, like, twists the face. (laughs) Or I really like, kind of on the same theme of, like, changing, like, faces, is the clown with the tearaway face. I don't know why. That guy is just really cool. So, Shirley briefly mentioned the stop motion part of it um it and really i love that's what i really i like that it's not the typical computer animation or uh you know uh, drawing animation that disney has done because it's it's really it makes it feel like in a weird like not more real but like it fits like the aesthetic more of the definitely movie uh, yeah three years to do that like, I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent or anything, but I feel like I'm going to do that a lot. <laughs> it's okay, go ahead. But I just, just recently, um, with a lot of the newer Disney movies, they all kind of look the same. So then going back and watching these old, like, stop-motion movies yeah. is like yeah. a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So. And one thing that I love about stop-motion movies is you, <laughs> even if you don't... <laughs> Miriam just hit her, hit her face on the straw. Okay. I'm going to restart this this (laughs) point. Um, I feel so bad for you having to do all that. Anyways. I'm going to keep that part in. (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? Oh, God. Here we go. Crash. Bang. Boom. I was talking about how computer animation all looks the same now. (laughs) One thing that I really love about stop motion is even if you don't watch, like, a behind-the-scenes thing, um, as someone who's done, like frame by frame animation so I've done not obviously not like stop motion but I've done animation on a computer where you literally draw out each frame you can really just by watching it tell how much effort and love and care went into the design and the production of this movie and I actually once was like I was watching this like YouTube video and or maybe actually no I think it was on Disney plus and it was like showing this guy it may have even been the voice actor for jack who has one of the original like clay jack skellingtons wearing the santa outfit and he said that he has to go like get him like refurbished every once in a while so the santa outfit doesn't like fall apart or something i think it was something on disney plus we can put it in the description of the podcast um if we find it but it was really interesting seeing how like there's these somewhere on earth are these little clay have you ever Cre- seen like little clay creations? Have you ever seen videos movie? of how they do it, like in movies? Yes. Like the Leica, I think they're called the company yes, that I made Coraline. Leica. They have a lot of like TikTok videos on how they do it, and it's just TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just um, it takes a lot of time, and I could never. I don't have the patience. <laughs> I destroy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I. It took f- three years to do this movie, and like, I mean, like you could tell because I think. I have to say, you know, I've seen 
sort of scene. Coraline and um, other ones. But the only one I can remember is, isn't like, right, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's well. the only one I can really remember. So maybe some other Christmas one? Like some, a lot of the... Um, like Jack Frost and everything. A lot yeah, of maybe. the old, like, half-hour Christmas specials that were on, um, that were just aired on the TV on TV on like TV. in like oh, the like 60s, ABC right? family and stuff like in the I think so but yeah. it was like in the 60s right when like uh Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the one with like the little elf and the yeti I think yeah a lot of those are stop motion and I also about Jack Frost yeah they have a lot of them yeah. um I don't know who made those but one thing that I find really interesting when watching those is how far stop motion has come even you know uh night before christmas it's you know not brand new but if you watch like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the original stop motion one and then you go watch nightmare for christmas you can see how far the difference in this animation has come and how much it has really grown because it's it's gotten to the point where stop motion almost looks as good or even better in some people's opinions than computer animation. If you want to continue with that, um, Nightmare Before Christmas is what, 1993? Something like that? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was released, it was released, uh, October 13th, 1993. Yeah, so recently, maybe like two months ago, I just watched the newest, like, not the newest, um, one of the newest Leica movies, um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, and that was definitely an improvement. <laughs> yeah, you could, that's a good movie. You should watch it. Um, but that was definitely an improvement. So that's, like, 60s to the ni- 1993 to, like, 2018, 2019, something like that. So yeah, it's around then. Yeah. So it, it has the same spirit of stop motion, but a lot of the visuals are improved. Yeah. And um, I just think that these studios, like I said before, they really just have a lot of passion for what they do and just a a really strong love for their characters and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of effort. And I personally, I with maybe the exception of Toy Story or something, I don't really like the, the computer animation or I wish I don't mind it, but I don't think like I appreciate it enough, like compared to. Other ones, like other, um, like stop motion or drawing and, yeah, hand draw, because it's, that's what every movie with animation is now, is pretty much the computer animation, and I'm, like, a big fan of the drawing animation. I've seen, like, uh, documentaries on, like, how Snow White was made, because that's the first feature-length, uh, animated movie, and, like, like, that's another one where it's just like that, it's just insane how frame by frame, like, how much effort is put into it because uh like with this movie per second there's 24 frames in there for each second that they're shooting this oh and so it just yeah. shows it that's just like so like you know i think i you know it's like you blink and you miss a week's you know like this it's so much effort and then like like that's just like that's not only do they have to do this animation for us they also have to you know, edit it, they have to do the music and the, you know, the voice recordings, and it's just, like, it's so, that's, you know, it took so long to do because there's just so much that 
goes into it and, you know, the, the you know, uh, makes it, like, better in my eyes of which, you know, like, I, I, I liked the movie, I say. I, I did like it. It wasn't the most entertaining <laughs> what wow. I've seen. Wow. Shirley's wrong at the mouth yeah, right now. No, it's okay. The point of this podcast is to open up the floor for discussion. And so <laughs> I want to raise you guys or is it raise or pose? I want to pose the question. Um, <laughs> I think either verb would work. <laughs> I want to pose the question, what is one thing, and I'll answer when you guys are done, what is one thing that you think this movie did really well, and what is one thing that if you were on the team working on this movie would change? That is a tough question. Um, <laughs> I mean, like we said before, the music and all of that has a very nostalgic feeling. So... The fact that you can keep coming back to it, yeah, is something like it's something that you can make a tradition tradition out of and watch every year. But that's also something else I would change because I don't really think it. I mean, no movie compares to the first time you see it, but even it just feels dry after a while. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I get. But that. like you watch it too many times and you can quote it and then it's just like, well, this isn't really fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have to say, it was a little bit, for my first watching of it, I found it a a little bit dry. Some parts were, I mean, I I did enjoy it a lot, but it was, I I found, like, originally, because I, the intro for me was just, like, I I don't know, like, part of, after, like, This is Halloween, I was like, okay, let's get on with it, hurry it up. Um, So that was a bit... For me, it was a little bit, but I think like the the one thing about it is like the, I mean the story is really creative one, and I like the I mean the big the best part of it is the hybrid between you know the two Hollies, which I don't think I can name another movie that's really yeah, it was, done that. Yeah. Whoever before this thought of mixing Halloween and Christmas, yeah, like it's not it's, too holidays you normally put together it's always been like what's your i mean like for instance i actually have had this conversation recently with some friends is like are you a christmas person or a halloween person but um jack skellington is both he is he is both (laughs) he tries to be both not doesn't really work out so um i would say that one thing that i think this movie did really well is um the art as we've talked about before i think it was a beautiful movie to watch I also, um, again, like Miriam said, really loved the combining of the two holidays. And honestly, like, I would watch a spinoff of, like, Thanksgiving and Easter, and they go at it, you know? Like, the Easter Bunny really, really wants to eat a turkey or something. (laughs) But one thing that I would change is, upon rewatching it this year, for some reason, I, I forgot, like how quickly the songs go from one another. It truly is. And it's a a short movie. It's a short movie, and there's a lot of songs in there. It truly is a musical. I would, I think that these characters are so interesting in, you know, like, and we can talk about the characters more next, but I think that these characters are so interesting. I want to hear them talk to each other more. I want to hear just flat, not flat, but I want to hear dialogue more rather than just them singing. Yeah, well, um, as someone who I recently watched... The movie for Les Mis, and that's, what, like, two plus hours, and they sing the whole time. I had to watch that in school. I, that, it was just so, like, you know, like, once it got to, like, 
I dreamed a dream. I was all for it. But, like, John Valjean, shut the, like, shut up. Like, it was so, like, you know, I was just, like, begging. And for this, when I originally started watching it, I was like, wait, like, do they sing the whole movie? Which they don't do, you know. But um, it was a bit, like, you know, I was, thank God they didn't. Because after a while, I have some PTSD after watching Les Mis. Because I, 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 I. I think I went into it. I knew that they sang the whole time, but like you know, I I love some of the songs from it, and like then but then I just realized how much like filler there was. And so anyway, thank God this movie didn't have that. Um, so I really quick want to tell a story about what I originally thought this movie was about, because I have seen parts of it, not the full. Thing, but I remember, like, I guess they showed it probably on the Disney Channel yeah, during, probably. like, during this time. Um, or maybe during the Falalala holidays, or what, I what's the season? would show it during Christmas time. I don't, the, the I think they Disney. did, but I also think they showed it during Halloween, um, during October. And, but anyway, so I think maybe either I saw, like, the promotion for it where they were, like, we're going to show The Nightmare Before Christmas tonight, or I watched the scene, but I, you know, I thought that, I I don't know, maybe I, like, kind of merged it with, like, Corpse Bride or something, but I thought the movie was, like, not, like, like, I was not expecting, like, a different like I, I did not expect to see any of Halloween Town. I thought the whole movie was gonna take place in Christmas Town and that like he's gonna be like sort of a Scrooge character and then like you know become you know like Scrooge. I thought he was gonna become Santa but and then like you know I knew the Santa part because I remember you know I've seen pictures of him in the but like I did not <laughs> think that he was gonna be like so I just I really the only part that I've seen has been when he's I guess in the woods and he's looking at the trees so it was just it was different which was good I'm so glad that I watched it and like it wasn't what I thought it was because I think I would have thought it was even like I thought I would have thought it was really boring if it was what I already thought happened also, I like to point out the neglect of Thanksgiving here because, mm-hmm. because right, they, the movie starts right after Halloween and like it's just we skipped well, right past Halloween, Thanksgiving. Not Thanksgiving. I think he just I know. Fell in the we, wrong door. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> skipped right past Thanksgiving, which is fine because Thanksgiving sucks. I don't like it. So <laughs> that's it. That's a holiday we can get rid of. Thank you very much. Um. So, uh, moving on to, I guess, characters, yeah. Yeah, since sh- that's the way yeah. Shirley put it. Um, I guess we'll just start with the main one of Jack Skellington, which uh, I'm going to know, like, how much mer- merchandise has been made for him. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you cannot walk around, around, like, in a city or anywhere, to be honest, around either Halloween time or Christmas time without seeing somebody wearing a Jack Skellington shirt. I feel like during Christmas, you see the one with him wearing his little Santa outfit. And then during Halloween, you just see like shirts with him on it. And um, I, I feel like Disney has probably made so much money off of this movie. But anyways, moving on more to like, I guess, getting in depth of, like with the characters. I think that Jack is like, would be described as almost like, a hopeless romantic and despite the fact that he does have like a romantic interest in this movie which is sally he's a hopeless romantic towards christmas 
Like, he is so in love with the idea of this holiday, and he just can't seem to get it right. So he is so in love with the idea of having this perfect Christmas that he's willing to do things that are morally incorrect in order to achieve that. Like, for instance, when he lies to his town in the town meeting and he says, he's like, they're clearly not getting the point of this holiday. I have to make it spooky. Or when he tells someone to kidnap Santa, Santa Claus. <laughs> the Santa Claus. Right? Um, and up until, you know, the last moment when he's up in the sky and they're like, they're, you know, they're happy for us. Or, or he says something along those lines when they're, like, shining the searchlights at him. He cannot seem to see what everyone what the audience sees which is this is a mess this is going to end really badly he just sees i'm in love with this holiday i'm in love with this idea like he's so desperate almost and i think that's what makes him likable because you feel bad for him yeah well on the other side of that um i noticed something on this time of rewatching it that i never thought of before just like how he drags the rest of the town with him yeah like He's the one who wanted to do Christmas just because he was curious about it. But then he forces the whole town to do everything that he wants, even though they don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there, no one really gets hurt besides him and obviously the, kid, the kids that he freaked out and Santa. Yeah, he literally kidnapped Santa. So. <laughs> Santa has some baggage now <laughs> and not just presents. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like he he wanted something else. Um, and instead of just working on himself, he had to bring the whole town along with him. Yeah, so I guess you're taking the opposite approach yeah. to me, where I'm saying he's likable because he's so desperate that you feel bad for him. But, like, what Carly is saying is that he's so desperate, he took a bunch of people down with him, and so that's why we don't like him. So I think it's really interesting that they were able to create this character that you can both love and see him as, like, an icon in this movie and also be like, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? It's like, it's like the equivalent yeah. of being in a relationship, you being the toxic one, and then just bringing everyone down with you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I when I was looking at, uh, like, I was looking at, like, some reviews and stuff of this movie, and somebody said, like, he's pretty much just having a midlife crisis. He is. Which is, it definitely is true. After because crisis. Yeah, I mean, because it definitely is, uh, you know. He bought oh. he bought an overly expensive car and doesn't see the issue with oh he bought a motorcycle let's that's a good example he bought a motorcycle so that has a motorcycle is going through a midlife crisis yeah. <laughs> it's oh a, it's if they're a sixty five year old buying a motorcycle maybe uh, inevitable that this is just all going to go down in flames you know which is what Jack can't see and pretty much I think the only one who does see that is Sally. Um, and, you know, the townspeople, they, from the beginning of the movie, you know that the townspeople, like, idolize him. Like, the mayor is, like, knocking on his door. Home the with Jack. Yeah. They will yeah. follow him no matter what. Yeah. And it, like, they're, they're unofficial or kind of official king. Which, in, in my opinion, that makes him dragging, like what I said, like, that him dragging them along with him even more sad. Just because yeah. they love him so much. And I also think, like, maybe he almost... Not that I'm trying to, like, redeem him in every way I can. I'm just trying to look at this with different lenses. Maybe he almost doesn't realize that he's dragging them down with him because he's so used to them following him no matter what. He's so used to being the pumpkin king, the guy who everyone looks to. So maybe when he comes up with this idea, which he thinks 
in his mind, it's like, this will end really well. He thinks that he's doing something good for his town and something good for his people, but instead he ends up dragging everyone down with him. Yeah, and I think that, like, uh, nobody... Like, he gets so into this idea, and nobody has called him out on it, and then Sally sort of tries, but I think at this point he's getting so much, like, validation from everybody else that this is such a good idea that he sort of, you know, just pretty much is like, oh, well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. If she's, you know, when she's telling him that, like, don't do this, this is stupid. Um, so I guess should we move on? Moving on to Sally, who yeah. I love. I like I, everyone loves. Yeah, Sally. yeah. It's hard to hate her. Yeah. Um, I I just like to point out my favorite part of her, which is the removing of limbs. Yeah. I I just I love when she does She's that, especially cool. at the end of the movie when she does it to get Santa back. Um, and you know you mentioned Jack being a hopeless romantic. Talk about her (laughs) but although she's not too hopeless because she gets it at the end i guess but definitely is you know crushing on him can i just say something um i don't know if this has anything to do with what we're talking about but i feel like the jack and sally thing came out of nowhere agreed it kind of did like i know that obviously it's stated from the beginning how she feels about him yeah but one minute Jack's lamenting over, like, oh, no, this Christmas thing didn't work out. They shot me, whatever. Yeah. And then he comes back, and he's like, oh, Sally, I love you. It's like, <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> I feel like we're um, missing a lot of context. Like, do, did they already know each other? Like, have they... Um, I think they did. Like, how well do they already know each other? Um, But one thing that I think that Sally represents is this idea, and I bet a lot of people can relate to this, of, like, you want to be one thing, you want to do one thing, um, and your parent, I guess guess you'd call the scientist her creator, creator, um, wants you to do something else. And she has gotten to the point where she can't, you know, live under her quote-unquote father's wishes anymore. And so she starts sneaking out everywhere. And I think that this is um, something that's really common in movies is, like, the person who doesn't want to stay in the box that their family is trying to put them in wants to break free. And I really like that she is trying to be her own person. And I also really like, again, on the idea that she's trying to be her own person, she's, one like, the only person in the town who doesn't blindly follow Jack. Like, she sees what's wrong with this. Which is, like, so interesting since she's, like, she's, she's obviously sort of made to sort of just, you know, she f- literally follows Jack around. Yeah. That it's sort of, like, so interesting that she's the one. But I think because she, when she gets the like I guess magic plant I don't know what to call it where it turns into a Christmas tree and then goes down in flames so that she sort of you know smart enough to realize that like oh no like this is like Jack's going to be put in harm's way from this that she sort of realizes that them I definitely don't think that like they like I think I don't think they were fleshed out enough oh yeah which is hard to do because this is pretty much it's a little bit over an hour. It's a very short movie. I also which yeah, which it. was which is probably due to the fact that it's stop motion. So it's like you know, t- it takes yeah. so long to do. Most stop motions, I don't think, really go over more than ninety minutes. Um, and I think that like it's since they have that that sort of time that like 
I guess they sort of have some conversations where, like, Jack kind of points out, like, you know, like, they obviously have some sort of relationship, but, like, you know, I don't really think that it's enough that you, you get any sign or hint that, like, Jack has any, like, yeah, really, other than a friendship. I think as... I, I think I think as characters in like in their own way like as individual people they were um developed really well but I think when you try and put them together I think they were put together too quickly like like Carly said they weren't flushed out enough I think as flushed, flushed I said they weren't flushed out enough I think as individuals <laughs> <laughs> okay whoops um they weren't what is it flesh, flesh. They like, like your flesh. okay no. i think flush the toilet. i think as individual characters they were wait is it still recording <laughs> Okay, I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna restart my whole thing. Yeah, so cut out flushed. the whole part about flushed. So, anyways, I think that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're gonna have to cut out a lot. Take three. Take three. So, anyway, oh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I will edit it on iMovie. So, anyways, um, as like characters in their like their own like individual people, I think they were flushed out a lot. But I think their relationship together was not, like, given enough screen time, almost. Like, it wasn't given enough context, enough dialogue. It was, like you guys have said, it was brought, um, it was brought along too quickly. Like, I think a lot of movies have an A story and a B story. But I think this movie almost had an A story and a C story in that the B story kind of turned into a C story because it wasn't really there a lot of the time but one thing that i find really interesting is that when you see the merchandise or fans talking about this movie you see sally and jack together in like everything like people you know who probably haven't even seen this movie will go oh yeah that's the one where like the weird like doll girl and the skeleton fall in love but if you watch this movie you see that that's not even the main like focus of the film I, like you said, like, they don't have, like, really any scenes together, and I think that, like, you know, people, I don't know, I, like, grabbed the mic from you, and I literally forgot what I was talking about. Like I said, like, I guess we all said, like, we love Sally, so it's not one of romance that I'm against, but it's, yeah. it just really is, like, you know, something that, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's out of left field, but it's, like, um... I don't know. I don't. I don't know any baseball metaphors to go with that one. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. It's like I actually really like the idea of this relationship, and I'm like a fan of this movie, right? But I really like the idea of this relationship. I just wish that there was more of it. Like I wish that we could have seen more and had more context for them. You don't really see like you know like Jack is friendly with her, but he's friendly with everybody, so you don't really see like any difference between like you know her and the rest of the people in the town it's it's like the i hate to use um high school tropes here but it's literally the equivalent of the most popular guy in school like a jock or something out of nowhere falling in love with like the shy bookworm yeah like it just doesn't happen unless it's in she's all that or 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 he's all that whichever yeah yeah (laughs) 
but it's like that uh, like literally i think that's like the only like scenario where like it actually sort of is plausible conflict in the middle to make it happen yeah so like yeah because she really is like i guess like sort of the shy girl that is like you know she's pretty much what lives in like this tower or whatever i guess she does go out but she doesn't really you know it's stated that she's locked away by the scientist a lot because she has to sneak out so he doesn't want her going out yeah so it's it's really just like uh, you know I guess it's hard to, I guess it's just sort of, I guess in the way that it's like, oh, like something like, I mean, Shrek is literally the only example of this I can think of, but it's like, you know, the knight in shiny armor, armor comes and saves the person and it's just like, you saved me, I love you, whatever. So I guess, like, that's the, because she sort of, I guess, saves his ass in this, and, you know, I just, I don't, I think that that sort of makes sense of why he's sort of like, oh, how did I not see this? I'm, you know, she's, you know. So I guess, like, that's the sense of it, but, I mean, that's, like, the only way that I could sort of put it, because other than that, like, there's no, not much interaction to indicate that. I think one way, as you were talking, Miriam, I kind of like got an idea. I think one way that we could explain this relationship is so he has just, you know, after he's crouched the, the like the sleigh. I don't know why I wanted to say carousel. That's not correct. <laughs> That's not even after close. he, after he, well, it has horses. Reindeer. <laughs> um, after, never mind. Um, <laughs> after he crashes the sleigh and he has his very sad song and he has ruined christmas or it seems like he's ruined christmas he hasn't actually ruined christmas um she is almost like the only light at the end of this very dark tunnel for him and so maybe he realizes that all along he you know had feelings for her and so this tragedy that he just went through allowed him to see a true joy in his life. But that's just one way that but I the, think you could look at it. didn't really make that clear. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely um, see how I, I personally want more focus on this relationship. I want to see a Jack and Sally yeah. spinoff. Yeah. Okay. So um, as we're coming to the end of our time, I think it's a a good place to end it is if you guys were working for Rotten Tomatoes, what percent would you give this movie and why? So I guess, Carly, do you want to start? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Probably like a 75. Okay. Which is pretty pretty good, I guess. Well, it's not like great, but it's good. Um, Because it's rewatchable. I was not expecting her to give that low of mine. No, mine's not going to be. I thought mine was... I thought mine would be, like, so, like, really? You gave it that low? <laughs> she, like, gave it a 75. Well, listen, like, Rotten Tomatoes I, is I, really harsh. I was ready for, like, Shirley to be, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say, like, 75, 80, maybe. Somewhere in that range. Um, like, it's good. It's rewatchable. But it's not my favorite Tim Burton movie. Um, and, you know, everything we pointed out, like, it gets pretty dry at times. And it's... You know, just everything we've said. That's what I think. I think I would give it, and you guys might be surprised by this. I think I would give it like 
an 85 to a 90, which is actually That's such a low score. No, but it's actually lower yeah, than it than yeah. it currently has on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Just because the reason why I wouldn't give it like a 95 or 100 is because I would like to see more of Jack and Sally. Like I would want, I want to see more explanation of that. She and stands that way. <laughs> and I want to I want to see, like I said earlier, I want to see more dialogue between the characters, like direct dialogue between the characters. But overall, I think this movie is really good. I think it's a wonderful tradition to have every Halloween year is to watch this movie. Um, and I think it's a classic. And I think if you want to watch it around Christmas time, I wouldn't necessarily do that, but go ahead. Yeah. Or, or be like Carly and watch it in November. But I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a classic one from my childhood. Okay, just to give a lower one than Carly, oh I'll, I'll just give it, I'll give it, I'm going to give it, a, I'll give it a 65, I'll say. Oh because for one reason, if a movie is really good, I will never pick up my phone and I have to say that I picked up my phone a couple times. But, you know, I'll give it a 70 because even though it made me pick up my phone, it made me put it back down at points. So it definitely okay. gave me it gave me a bit of, okay, I got to put it down. I got to watch this scene, especially when, like, I was jamming to, what's this? What's this? I <laughs> said, yeah. Yes, that's what it is. really, really good. And the music, honestly, like, even apart from the movie, I feel like the music is really good just on its own, too. Like, I can, I can, I can bop out to that stuff at, like, a Halloween party anytime, you know? Like, I really love the music. Or a Christmas party with, what's this? Yeah, with one song. <laughs> okay, so now that we've given our ratings, just to give a little teaser for next week's episode. So, since we're still going to be in October, it's my pick for the movie, and, uh, it's gonna be Halloween from what year is it? 19, 1978 or something or other. We'll correct that later if it's wrong. The introduction but, of Michael Myers. But yes, um, and we talked about it. Um, I guess I don't know off the recording or whatever. And yeah, so it's gonna be great. Shirley recently watched it with janky subtitles. She'll talk about that <laughs> next week. Um, and and I have seen. I, th- I think I've definitely seen the whole thing, but I saw some of it recently. And my God, my my brother who is a horror, he, horror. <laughs> 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 my, oh, my brother who is a huge horror movie fan, um, watched it at one point and used to scare the shit out of me by playing the 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 main title from oh, the that song really that used songs, yeah, so. and that used to scare the crap out of me. Um, and Carly has never seen it. So we have, I, I think, hopefully with every one of these, we'll try and do it. Although maybe, like, once we get to uh, something like Christmas, where I feel like everyone seems to have seen every Christmas movie. But we'll try and do, I want to try and do a movie where uh, one of us has not seen it so we can get a fresh, fresh opinion with no yeah. nostalgia or anything. Um, but I have a feeling that, like, that probably won't be a promise because I, I I'm already thinking of Chris we're you know Christmas movies we could do and I'm sure we've all seen some of those, but for the meantime it'll just be, uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Pass the Remote with Carly, 
Miriam and me, Shirley. Don't forget to follow us, like us on whatever platform you're on, whether it be Apple Music or Spotify or anything. And I Apple Apple Podcasts. And I hope you enjoyed. Is that it? (laughs) You said let me close it out. I thought you were gonna close it. I was ready for like Shirley's gonna pull out some (laughs) sing some song, burst into song. Dance, maybe. That was so good. Yeah. Wait, we're so yeah. Well, that <laughs> would be a funny part. then. Okay. Thanks for listening. If you made it to the end, like, congrats, because this was probably. You don't get a prize. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> the prize is Shirley's now gonna do a song for the outro. <laughs> What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. <laughs> What's this? There's my things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, jacket isn't fair. What's this?